and welcome to Down the Rabbit Hole, episode number 22, Melting. <laughs> we're melting. We are melting. Or we're cooking in our own sweat. We are We are gently marinating in our own juices. Yes. How are you, Carl, besides uh, wh- hot and sweaty? And I am literally... I am just a grease blob, like, <laughs> I, like I was the last time. <laughs> it's... It's about, what is it, about 30 plus outside at the moment. 31 degrees. And the humidity seems to be about 200% or something. <laughs> you can almost squeeze the air in front of you and get water out of it. Uh-huh. It yes. is pretty um, tiring, isn't it? It's exhausting. Yes, it is. Um, and um, today we have a special guest with us. We do indeed, and he is also very hot and bothered. And it's a repeating guest, and we're honored to have again Professor Horia Pop, a professor in computer science from the University of Babish Boy. Uh, Babish Boy University. Babish Boy University. <laughs> it's the heat, right? Thank you very much for inviting me again. It's very nice for me to be here with you again. It's great to have you because we have the science part of a topic very interesting. And the title is Blue Pill, Red Pill. Uh-huh. And when we say that word to words, you know already what we're talking about. We know, right? The Matrix. The Matrix. Are we living in a simulation? Yes, or... Or not. Or not, exactly. Yeah. What? All right. So maybe we should start yes. where we started the previous podcast, mm-hmm. which was with um, a quick run through kind of three kind of premises, I suppose, which were first proposed by a, um, a a professor, a philosopher called Nick Bostrom in uh-huh. 2003. Uh, he, of the Future of Humanity Institute in, um, at Oxford University in England, he published a paper... Mm-hmm. Called "Are You Living in a Simulation?" and he came. He kind of summarized the argument, shall we say, in what he called, and I think I mentioned this before. Yeah, in a the trilemma, last right? trilemma. I, because two is not enough. To, <laughs> I was about to say dilemmas come in threes, but that wouldn't quite make a lot of sense. So, anyway, so. <laughs> Anyway, he came up with these three propositions, and we'll just start from uh-huh. there, okay? So the, the three propositions are this, and only one of them can be true. Now, obviously, we can all argue with these, but these, uh-huh. are, these are the points. So the first one was, now remember, only one of them can be true. Number one, a fraction of human-level civilizations that reach a post-human stage... That is one capable of running high fidelity ancestor simulations is very close to zero. To zero. Uh-huh. So that is one. Proposition number two the fraction of post human civilizations that are capable and interested, because obviously they'll, they'll have lots mm-hmm. of interesting things to do other than this. So interested in running ancestor simulations is very close to zero. Or is it number three, the fraction of all people with our kind of experience that are living in a simulation 
is very close to one. One being a hundred percent probability. Uh-huh, probably. So those. That's kind of our starting point for the next. And the starting point for asking the listeners, which yes. one do you think is the most probable? Yes. And if you are living in a simulation, why haven't you told us already? <laughs> if we, maybe, yeah. we haven't got a hotline, though, have we? That's no. Thing. But they can always write a comment down in the show notes or leave a... Okay, Professor, what's uh, something? We do have a hotline. We do? Yes, we do. The single issue is to be able to trigger that. I mean, uh, our dream, when, when and while we dream, we are in some sort of a simulation. Okay. Actually, yeah. So yeah. my question is, while we dream, are uh, do we acknowledge the fact that we dream? Or we realize that we have dreamt uh-huh. after that thing stopped? Well, of course, there is lucid dreaming, where you can actually be yeah. aware of the fact that you are dreaming. You, and you How control. Come? Mm-hmm. How come? What makes me certain that at some point... It's a dream and not the real thing. Well, normally, I think we can all agree that normally in a dream, the laws of physics seem to be a little bit loosey-goosey, right? Yeah, but you need so to realize, some, first of Some all, fabric of reality, of mm. that matrix, of mm. that uh, uh, simulation chamber, mm. uh, is broken, is but, defective, is not, well, as it should, as we would expect to be. Well, I, I was about to say something, actually, it just occurred to me, which is that, when we, as I said, when we dream, we tend to find the laws of physics seem to be odd. We can fly... Uh, we don't always appear to be wearing trousers, although that could just be me, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but the thing is that I was just thinking that actually, if you maybe surveyed 10,000 people and asked them, what did you notice odd about the physics in your dreams? Actually, you could probably build up a common set of... Um, a common set of might not parameters, a... which might imply that actually maybe it is real. Yes, but uh, the problem is the following. The people have to be aware that they are dreaming while they are dreaming. Well, you can do if not, you're lucid dreaming. Not afterwards. But you can yes. if you're lucid dreaming. You yes, can but it might not be with a percentage of one uh, of 100. Well, uh, it you... might not be as often because uh, actually the, the next question that, that, that uh, we mm. have to ask is, are we now dreaming? Well, that's part actually of the idea mm. of the show because mm. now there is an interesting thing that uh, when you're dreaming, there are techniques to yeah. know when you're dreaming. I agree. And there was one, if I recall correctly, where if you train yourself that in your dream you want to see the back of your hand, then you is when you get control because mm. uh, I don't know if you notice, but you have never you never you rarely actually see your hands in a dream. No, well, I'm too worried about where my trousers are. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's a training where you train yourself to see the back of your yeah. hand, triggering the fact that you are dreaming. But there is another technique apparently where you uh, train yourself to. Uh, when you see a red balloon in your dream, uh-huh. that is when you know you're dreaming. 
and, and you, then you, you can, can actually even control, yeah. yeah, you can. You can control whatever happens inside the dream. And I would like to point out that I believe the Aboriginal people of Australia actually have a belief that dream time, as they call it, is a reality. So they've just actually, an alternate reality. They've probably. actually believed that for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So it's not a new idea, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, where do we go from there? Well, then we go to... <laughs> are we living in a simulation? The conference. The conference, <laughs> yes. That took place uh, in the annual uh, Isaac Asimov Memorial Debate. Yeah, quite recently. This last, mm-hmm. It was actually two months ago. It took place. And um, they, well, they pulled together a whole bunch of... <laughs> of eggheads to comment yes. on the subject. And the moderator, of course, was Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, the the guy very famous for, um, what's the TV show called? Um, oh, he's the wor- he's America's most popular science yes, guy, Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy. That guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he was but the... The thing is that even in this conference, they came to a conclusion that it's, in a 50-50 chance. Well, that... that, You know, like... Yeah. mm. Well, I suppose that's the... That's probably the best outcome you could expect, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, The... uh, Yeah, they put it at kind of 50-50. And that, um, strangely, the more we learn through research, fundamental research, the more we learn about the universe at its smallest level, shall we say, uh-huh. uh, the, the odder it becomes in that, um, for example, one of the delegates at this conference said that um, if if we are in a simulation, and actually this in that, oh, kind of segues into the thing we'll come uh-huh. to in a minute, but if if you were a civilization that could run a history simulation that was sufficiently, um, the granularity was such that, you know, it, it looks like this, that... But the rules would be so strict. Well, ultimately, it has to run on something physical. And mm-hmm. therefore, there must be a finite limit to the resolution of the simulation. So you might expect that you could possibly detect that fact. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And this speaker, Max Tegmark of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, he said at this conference that um, that in his research, he found in in information, ideas from information theory, keep showing up in the physics that he's doing. And... Error similar like the web. Yeah, well, and he said that actually what appears to show up are kind of error-correcting processes mm-hmm. at the in the, you know, within whatever it is he's looking at. And he questioned why would this kind of stuff be showing up when I'm studying the equations of quarks and electrons and supersymmetry? Why... Why would I keep coming across stuff mm-hmm. that would be quite happily sitting inside a, a web browser resolving uh, data correction issues in a connection? Mm-hmm. 
And um, obviously, he's kind of... He said that it actually made him, for the first time, think that maybe what these guys are talking about in terms of uh-huh. simulation, maybe not so outrageous after all. Um, actually, there was a very funny quote during the conference saying, uh, we don't think of ourselves as, as uh, deities when we program Mario, you know, yeah, the computer game. Exactly. Even though we have power over how high Mario jumps. Yeah. So, and yeah. we can actually control what is he going to do. So we're kind of, and if you think of like The Sims, right? Uh-huh. I mean, if The Sims isn't playing God, I, I really don't know what is, right? And then he said, uh, Tyson said, there's no reason to think um, they're all powerful just because they control everything we do. Mm. What happens if there's a bug that crashes the entire program? Mm. So yeah. if we're living in a simulation and there's a bug in the program... We won't know about it. Right? Wait, yeah, exactly. Do you think it would happen like Matrix proposed? <laughs> something, another program to correct the bugs. Oh, I see. If you remember, there were programs correcting bugs, yeah, which that's were, right. yeah. let's they, say, killing people. <laughs> yeah, they were like entities, software uh-huh. entities that... Exactly. Living cl- in the Matrix They kind of well. cleaned up, mm-hmm. cleaned house. In the conference, um, yeah. researchers were saying that they they thought they could find experimental evidence that we're living in a simulation. Uh-huh. And one of the ideas that they came up with was that the programmers... Um, who created the simulation might actually cut corners because of the uh, limits to computational resources. Mm-hmm. And that that would mean that the the kind of laws of physics of the universe would have to be kind of hanging on a framework that was finite. It had points of granularity. Yeah. Something that I wanted to ask about that. Yeah. So let's say that we're running and living in a simulation. Mm. The physics, the laws of physics that we know yeah. are some. Are they? Are those same laws would apply, let's say, outside of the simulation? Right. Because right now, for example, if we would like to try to run a simulation like this, we don't have the power to do it, right? No. Energy power or But computational power. That's even a bigger problem than that. Uh, what we call reality as opposed to what we call perception. Mm. Yeah. Yep, true. We true. have no idea what's happening outside our receptors. Our immediate space. Yes. Right? Yeah. No, uh, that even immediate space might not exist. Mm. What we call reality mm. is a figure of style. Uh, it, we only know about our perception. Mm. Mm-hmm. And there are numbers of of ways to uh, to prove that uh, the way we perceive the reality mm-hmm. is not quite true. You know, for instance, the example with with uh, um, warm water versus uh, cold water, mm-hmm. um, with figuring the temperature with different hands and mm-hmm. playing yeah. around with it. So, uh, or uh, taking. Uh, uh, One uh, paper that has to be graded by two people, mm. and they they have they assign different grade. But that is subject, very subjective, isn't it? Subject mm. to the personality mm. of mm. each, of course. Yeah, and the so uh, the, obje- the objective reality as we know it, it might 
not exist. And a, and a simple one is actually colour. The it? blue colour, for example. Well, yeah. any yeah. any colour. Yes. I I I believe that that square on Horia's T-shirt <laughs> is red, right? But Perhaps, what what but, I think is red isn't necessarily what you think is red. Maybe I just on understanding one, you say red, which maybe is not side, red for me. On the other side, the color decoder of of men is weaker than the color decoder of women. Hmm. That which explains is, a lot. <laughs> 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 yes. Which might be by design. Yeah. Whose design? That's another subject. Another are, you su- yeah. are you suggesting God designed women to choose our I, clothes? I didn't say God. <laughs> that, that I said a, the designer. That is... Okay. Uh, <laughs> the designer. We've had this conversation a few times. Uh, uh, on the other side, the laws of physics, it's whomever created the uh, simulation, mm-hmm. uh, created a set of laws mm. for that simulation to work. Those are the, the laws that we call laws of physics. Mm-hmm. Lo- laws, laws of nature. Laws of nature, mm. laws that define our immediate, let's call it reality. Now, what's happening outside that reality? That's an interesting oh, subject. Yes, but, but bear in mind that the subject of this podcast is are we, is generally considered to be that we're living in a history simulation, right? So... We are a history simulation for our species at some further advanced stage. So the the laws of physics would be the same. The it's, same. It's just if we we're in a history that. simulation. Yes. Well, but what well, no, what the, else the laws, would we be used the for? The laws might be the same. Our understanding of them might not be the same. Well, clearly, so, we don't uh, understand. Uh, as do I understood how humans work, we are quite um, iterative beings. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, at each step in our evolution, we try to approximate the reality based on our perception mm-hmm. to some set of fixed rules. Mm. Now, not even that might be linear. Mm. We might have um, uh, past human terrestrial civilizations more advanced than uh, the medieval civilization uh, that we had, for instance. No, that's really the subject of another podcast. Of course. Me. You know... Prior civilizations, um, yeah, would be prior simulations. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's probably another simulation running right now that that actually satisfies that that question, right? Um, but in the previous podcast, we, Rafa and I were talking about um, the fact that I walked here for the podcast, uh-huh. and I had a kind of reference in my own mind to uh, I. Um, do quite a lot of software development and the kind of software development I do is object oriented so you could imagine the the idea of a simulation where each of us in the simulation was a software object right and that our reality that we perceive is it is completely encapsulated within that object so what I was suggesting to Rafa was that I walked up the road here and in truth, I have no proof that what be what is behind me exists, do I? And that people behind me, who are behind me, can see the back of me, but they can't necessarily see, obviously they don't know that what's behind them actually exists. So this idea of 
you can actually see how you might go about it in that so you're saying that we're it, bound only true? to our vision is it true that the things are even worse than that in that uh, there are particular concepts exist independently on whether we see them or not mm. well is this the All the mathematical concepts mm. of absolute value numbers geometry even an atom you mean they are you, are you saying do they actually exist independently of us of, of our understanding of, of us them or not of us looking for them yep or but, understanding them right but, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> but this comes right down to for example this this uh, quantum thing of probability uh, mm -hmm. collapsing probabilities doesn't it no. and that an electron you know the heisenberg uncertainty principle and that we can't know the position and the velocity of a particle um but when we observe it it collapses the probability um wave and it becomes whatever it is that we're mm -hmm. measuring so there are kind of all kinds of elements of kind of <laughs> relative <laughs> spookiness yeah. about reality on there the simulation thing might be more complicated by our understanding uh, of uh, the individual and how that individual participates to this simulation. Well, that's why I think yeah. that potentially if you just had, you could just have objects, software objects, and there my entire reality is encompassed in my software yes, but, object. Uh, uh, it, might be, it might be worse than that. Uh, there are a large number of mm. psychology experiments mm. uh, demonstrating that in particular occasions uh, the brain moves a large number of seconds before mm -hmm. the actual... Yeah. Um, Conscious awareness. Move uh, mm. a hand or foot or something uh, is um, uh, operates before you become aware of it. Actually, yeah, yeah. Mm. So that why does this happen? I don't know. Mm. But there are a number of researches that try to to um, build on that in order to detect the change in the brain mm. uh, at the right time and to gain that six, seven, eight, ten seconds mm. to help the foot uh, moving mm. uh, for that those uh, those damaged uh, people. Right. Like uh, to help people yes. with um, yeah. Yeah. spinal yeah. injuries and that kind yes. of thing. Yeah. Um, so this brings a huge help there. There are uh, 10 seconds from the mo or 6 seconds, there's something between uh, 0 point and mm. 12 seconds. Um, there are a number of seconds that, uh, that uh, uh, are a huge amount of time of course. from mm. the moment uh, I took the decision. Or you... Um, uh, but sorry, from the moment my brain started to move and up to the moment something that I, took the I, I, I consciously... <laughs> yeah, uh, became took, aware uh, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and mm. took the decision. Mm -hmm. so, but yeah. This is uh, another level of that simulation. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. I mean, I, I came across another thing uh, uh -huh. um, a couple of weeks ago that said that um, um, that the, the actual amount of time our consciousness is actually aware of our surroundings and making decisions is something like 4% or something, uh -huh. and that the rest of it is either autonomous or... There are just decisions being made below the level of consciousness, and we're just not aware that, that it's happening. 
and that our actual so the good question is who's on charge <laughs> yeah exactly yeah who is that who, who is pushing the buttons <laughs> that's that's we need to yeah. do more stuff like this But right? now yeah. let's say one thing go on let's suppose that we don't live in a simulation that we don't that we don't now Stiff. do you think mm. that uh, in the near future in the help or in uh, to aid in exploring other worlds or situations far away, mm-hmm. we could create simulation worlds with the conditions that we can measure or find and create a simulation of that world right. and try to test well, at stuff. Partic- at stuff. Particular what level could happen. of granularity, this happens today. Um, the psychologists use uh, uh, virtual reality uh, um, in a way to help people making be aware of the psychology problems of the interaction with with, with the outer world uh, there are all sorts of experiments along these lines um, uh, babish bay university faculty of psychology has a number of of um, mm. um, 3d cubes uh, allowing such an interaction these are huge devices why haven't you invited us to look at those <laughs> <laughs> that would be we'll, we'll, there is still a moment of time. We'll, talk I mean, about, we'll talk about that afterwards. Uh, okay. <laughs> I assume that UK getting out of EU is not going to make you getting out of this country. <laughs> so that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, I'll go and live in that, that cube. <laughs> the, the, those instruments are excellent. What you mm. are having is a um, uh, literally a cube uh, you are inside mm. with uh, TV monitors on the sides, uh, on your front and on your feet, and you are instantly put in an environment that uh, creates your um, uh, feeling problem, your actual problem. All right, right. And this allows you to, to experience the, uh, in an educated, in a, with a trainer, in a safe environment and with a trainer, to experiment your issues and try to co- uh-huh. learn how to control them Uh, this is more That's, or less a, yeah. a very strong start to creating simulations. Uh, yeah. But but in yeah. fact, if you, I agree for but, our learning. But again, if you look at if you look at the Sims, the the yes. the, the, game. Mass, mm-hmm. the game, the Sims. I mean that that is an attempt, obviously, to yeah. to do yes. this kind of thing. Yeah. But I think Rafa was particularly talking about creating a simulation of a. An environment, a new world, for a example, planetary a environment. Planetary environment. So for example, mm-hmm. let's say we discover now a new habitable planet. We know, based mm-hmm. on certain analysis, certain conditions of it mm-hmm. that we can try to recreate in a virtual environment, and we put people inside, scientists inside, to mm-hmm. try to under those conditions create or uh, achieve certain tasks. See, see how they perform yes. exactly yeah. and perform yeah. an experiments yeah. mm-hmm. to avoid. You know, probably risking a, a mission all the way, mm. and with a failure, yeah. you can prove test before, yeah. and then go on implement. I'm sure that that will occur anyway, won't it? I'm, I'm sure with yes. like yeah. an upcoming Mars mission, that especially is what I was more. about to say. That now I think was Google mm-hmm. the one that has uh, all this imagery from Mars, mm. and with the, one of the rovers. They were having like a virtual set or right. a set That's right. where they were moving, you know, step by step the rover and they were exam- uh, checking all the surrounding around to find the best road that best he route, can take. Yeah. 
and based on the pictures and the environment, yeah. decide let's make an uh, an analysis here or there. Mm. So, so we kind of, in a way, we actually have these we already little, started little a bit. efforts yes. in the yes. area. Yeah, and this yeah. is en- encouraging. Yeah, but if we are now, here comes the other part. Uh-oh. So, if I let's say we were not this. living, if we were not living in a simulation, and we are capable of thinking of this. Yeah, like so, like the author says. Yeah. What makes us think that we're, that not, we're not already with somebody else's? Exactly. Well, since you, we are in, we have no way to control whether we are in or out. Exactly. This is true. So um, we are the mar- unless there is a defect in the in the fabric of the same kind that is that defect that in our dream mm. that we detected when we said that now we are dreaming. I think I've seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that Tron? The, the, thing, the thing is that... <laughs> Do we all remember yeah. that movie? Yeah. <laughs> well, but you know what's interesting, actually? I think that uh, we all, yeah, maybe liking it or not, become um, influenced by the visions and the propositions that we see, for example, during Matrix. I think uh, a lot of people, when you talk about virtual reality, living in a simulation... Mm. It's instantly all the situations, all mm. the things uh, handled there is what not only regular people but other people try to figure out. Mm. Well, you see, I think the thing about the the Matrix is that it's become a cultural meme, hasn't it? It's become uh, it's become a kind of language of when people talk about these things. Mm-hmm. It's become look at, the, look at the title of our podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Down the rabbit hole, yeah, you can't get no. more. No, that was the show of today, Blue Pill, Red Pill. Exactly. We could have chosen something exactly. else, but no, we chose something related to the Matrix. Exactly, because we think everybody gets that, right? Now, <laughs> yeah. just to drag us back to some science for a moment, there was actually an experiment conducted on this premise that, uh, or principle that, mm-hmm. um, there's this idea. Five arguments, right? Uh, no, the, not the no? five arguments. Ah. This concept of a holographic universe. Uh-huh. Right? Maybe our listeners have heard of this idea. So the idea is, um, we all know, we've all seen holograms where you look at a, a, a hologram, which is a 2D surface, and yet you can see a 3D object. Okay? Uh-huh. And um, certain kinds of holograms, you can actually look quite a long way around them, and they look solid. Now, a holographic universe is an idea that basically there is a an edge to the universe, a surface, like a imagine like a soap bubble. Mm-hmm. So there is a boundary to the universe, and all the information that is contained in the universe is on that two-dimensional surface, and that the... The third dimension is actually an illusion. So actually, not time, but actually the third dimension is an illusion brought about by a projection of this information inside the universe. And again, if you um, look at, well, is there any way we could investigate that? Actually, somebody has carried out an experiment to investigate it and... What they 
concluded was, and this was quite interesting, that if we live in a holographic universe, that the third dimension depth is <coughs> is an illusion, mm-hmm. is an illusion, right? That potentially if you look, if you measure uh, the dimension at a high enough resolution, you should see noise that you could attribute to it being um, not physical but illusional, right? And an experiment was done using a large interferometer and it only finished in something like September 2015. And guess what? Nothing was concluded. No noise. Mm-hmm. Right? So what they found was that they couldn't detect any jiggling in the dimension mm-hmm. that they were that they were measuring. They were looking for jiggle, apparently, um, and they couldn't find any. Uh, the conclusion was that we didn't find any, but if we had maybe a bigger... The simulators are better than us. Well, well what they said was... What <laughs> well, they said shouldn't, was, shouldn't they be? What they, <laughs> okay, of course. What they said was if we had a bigger experiment, <laughs> we might be able to detect it. So they weren't saying conclusively, uh-huh. but the evidence at this, the scale they were looking yes. wasn't there. Well, so, and we also have physicist Paul Davies, mm. where, when he puts that, or he established five premises to oh, the yeah. simulation argument. Yeah, and what were they? And those are, number one, other intelligent civilizations exist. Number two, their technologies grow exponentially. Number three, they do not all go extinct. Number four, there is no universal ban or barrier for running simulations. And number five, consciousness can be simulated. Mm. So, if the five premises are true, humanity is likely living in a simulation. Right. I tell you, what do you think of those? They're good. I have one problem with with that. We, well, I have many problems, but um, <laughs> one of the problems I have with that is that if if I cannot believe that an advanced civilization would be, even an advanced civilization would be capable of running a simulation of another civilization's history because even if they only run a simulation of their own history i have a really fundamental question which is how do you create the original informational body that you then start the simulation from where does it come from how do you get that information how do you start the clock yeah Well, he was saying something like, okay, if you want to reject the idea of simulation, which premise do you drop? Because dropping one means we're not in a simulation. Which one would you drop? Of the five. Which one to reject? Other intelligent civilizations? Exponential Hmm. growth? Exponential growth, I also have Not all civilizations go extinct. Well, look at exponential growth, right? In our technology, we have Is it exponential or not? Well, we... No. Actually, if we take a very... If we have a simple example, which is Moore's law, right? That is um, a driver of technological innovation. It and, might not be increasing, and it's going to run out shortly because of scale problems. And another issue is there's actually an interesting uh, body of information you can look at, which measures um, innovation, 
as a kind of indices. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, if you look at it on a large scale, we actually have spikes of innovation and then we have relatively long periods of relatively no innovation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's another point. That and we're currently yeah. in one of those yes. plateaus. Yeah. And that's another point as well that we have a habit of considering um, this technical evolution an increasing thing, mm. which might not be the case. You mean increasing in terms of what? Um, in terms mm. of... Um, uh, the quality of the tools and machinery and yeah. so on. That, the that, benefits uh, they bring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's not all beneficial, is it? Uh, no, but um, um, the, this is not a, a, an increasing pattern. It might be the case that uh, uh, mankind in past used different human technologies that mm-hmm. were considered in, invented only in 1800s or 1900s. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's not formal proof for that, but the number of indications are mm. that this is not a linear pattern. This is not an increasing pattern. It's definitely not it, it's linear, a, that's for yeah, sure. It, it's an uh, uh, oscillatory pattern. It certainly isn't yeah, exponential, yes. uh-huh. yeah, I don't think. Yeah. Hopefully, if uh, when the things get down, we don't self-destroy. Mm. But that's a different other thing. Well, I think we've all talked about this before, and... Mm. I think we've all kind of generally agreed that the biggest problem on this planet, or one of the mm-hmm. problems... Is the mankind itself. <laughs> is this infestation <laughs> called mankind, right? And that, that we've discussed before that um, that technology may be advancing in, shall we say, spurts, but we aren't, are we? We aren't. Our, we definitely aren't. Our... Um, Abilities I mean, to I mean, solve simple, problems. Simply and, accessing, having access to technology do not, does enough, not is it? make us Does better. not make an advanced civilization. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. The change has to come at another level. Mm. It's a bit like, it's a bit like um, having um, graphics software that allows you to draw anything you want in the world. And we know there are... Take Photoshop, for example. Mm-hmm. You can create literally any image you want with Photoshop, but actually, mm-hmm. if you actually don't know how to draw... You really... It doesn't really help, does it? <laughs> and I think we're... You know, you know what that reminds me? Mm-hmm. You might have heard that um, a joke saying that smartfo- smartphones become smarter... Then the, the owner. Then the owner. The owner is not smart enough. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, that's never going to happen with an Apple yeah, phone, is it? Twisting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, There's a nice twist. You know what? That reminds me of. Maybe, maybe we'll become. Maybe we'll become the pet of our phones at some point. Yes. Yeah. And they'll be telling Siri. Will be telling us what to do. Or Cortana, or Alexa, or, or yeah, or all the rest of them. Well, have these. They're uh, the new overlords. Mm-hmm. The four riders of the apocalypse is Siri. I, I know people Cortana. that travels with their Alexa device with an Echo from Amazon. Yeah, everywhere mm. in the, the car. Those intelligent in houses deciding that it's too warm for you, or too hot, yeah. or too cold, or something, mm-hmm. based on on uh, their own um, um, projection of your past temperatures. Oh. You had it and. You can no longer decide because it had already been preset by the home itself. We actually have some good examples of uh, our new overlords, actually, which yes. is um, SatNav, right? So mm-hmm. we all know that SatNav's uh, P 
people follow sat-navs slavishly, right? So if the sat-nav says drive down that road, you do, and you end mm-hmm. up driving into a river or off the end of a key into the sea, and you go, well, the sat-nav told me to do it. So so at any one <laughs> time, we're not too far away when uh, Siri or Cortana is going to tell somebody to jump off the balcony, and there are a percentage of people who will do it. Right? Mm-hmm. Probably. Because we're that stupid. Like like I'm telling you, I know uh, a couple of guys yeah. in the U.S. that they even travel with the, uh, with the Echo everywhere. Everywhere. They put it in hotel rooms, and the first thing they do is connect it into the Wi-Fi. Does it have its own bed? Or, I have no are idea. They, are they twin that. rooms? Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they share the same bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not go there, shall we? <laughs> Well, people get used to speak to the and this is the voice, and this is going to get more and more prevalent, isn't it? It's in fact there is a there is a revolution around the corner, isn't there? I think with AI, AI definitely. I mean, I'm in my own work. I'm looking at um, chatbots, which are AI backed and Mm -hmm. uh, that use. uh, what are they, uh, natural language uh, processes yes. to, yeah. I mean, it is, it is scary stuff. Right? Uh, the other, speaking about AIs, mm. I heard the other day about one that has been developed by somebody that I know mm-hmm. to detect certain things related to politics, you know, keywords oh, yeah. all around the world in articles published and so yeah. on to detect certain people doing mood sentiments. Yeah. Emotions. Uh, they have been granted a European fund to develop this. Mm, that's interesting, yeah. Mm. That is interesting. Yeah. Well, there we go. So do we have any questions for the listeners? Mm-hmm. Well, we already asked the most important one. If they think they're in a simulation. Now... Do they have any proof? Can you prove that we're in a simulation or you have the proof that we're not in a simulation? I would say Apple itself is the proof that we're in a simulation. Apple itself? Apple, the company, yeah. Why? <laughs> because in no realistic reality would that be allowed to happen. A beaten Apple? <laughs> no, an Apple iPhone. Ah. But, you know, that's just me. You know I don't like Apple, right? <laughs> okay. So, Horia, can you think of anything we could Add. ask the listeners? Or ask the listeners. I do. I kind of like this um, reasoning around uh, trying to prove or figure out um, the f- our feeling of being or not being mm-hmm. in a simulation. Well, looking for proof. Yes, some kind yeah. of way of proving yeah. it. Yeah, or re- reasoning around the whole um, the whole concept. So, if anybody yeah. listening could come up with a really good. Yeah. Suggestion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, suggestion. We'd be interested. Totally. Okay. Okay. Well, that's all for this show. Mm-hmm. I hope you liked it, and Give us your opinion, comments, anything you would like to say. We have to go and stand in the freezer now. Yes. Try and cool down. You have to be like Homer Simpson, standing in front of the fridge. Yeah. Opening the freezer. Yeah. And eating whatever's in there, obviously. Yeah. Maybe have some beers. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. Yes. (laughs) Which is exactly what we're going to do in a minute. Uh And 
We're going to say goodbye now. Thank you, Carl. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rafa. Thank you, Professor Horia Pop, Professor in Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence uh, of the University of Babish Boy and also Vice President of the Senate. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you for giving us your time. And my name is Rafael Ruiz and hopefully we will talk to you next week down the rabbit hole outside of the grill. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved, Dark Mind Radio 2016.